0: daily inspiration podcast on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Don Coat. Don, you are the founder of aspectbusinesscoaching.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for asking me. Yes, for, yeah, for sure. Well, listen, you're a smart guy. Uh, and uh, I know you've done some great work uh, in the space. So I- I'm excited uh, to learn uh, you know, just in terms of like, you know, again, our audience tend to be kind of those second tier uh, business owners. They've been doing what they're doing for quite some time. Growing and scaling is certainly, you know, something that we focus a lot on. Um, so from, just from a high level, can you share what aspect business coaching does?
1: Sure. And the reason why I named it aspect business coaching is because the purpose is to teach our and teach and coach all of our clients uh, to be mas- to be masterful about every aspect of business. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and it's really easy. I think, you know, when you're passionate about, um, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, you got into SEO because you really love it or you're, you know, you love branding, you love, um, you know, solving a problem as it may be in a consulting, uh, you know, platform, but then you know, again, you've, you can only do that for so long and, and it's fine if you want to just, you know, lifestyle business and you don't have no ambition of kind of growing and scaling. But for those companies that do want to grow and scale, uh, there comes a time now where we got to get pretty serious about the logistics of running and growing a company. Um, and so, Don, where, is it, where do you fit in terms of uh, specializing in, in that space?
1: Great question. Thanks uh, for that, Josh. Uh, two parts of my history that'll, that'll help this make sense. Um, I was invited to become the vice president of a nationwide mortgage company. In 2006, I opened 56 branches in 42 states. We did about a half a billion dollars in mortgages. Uh, we weren't countrywide, but uh, from, from zero in my division, uh, we, I was able to see at a very high level how really successful businesses are run. I retired from that business in january of 2007 i saw the crash of 2008 coming except i thought it was going to be april of 2007. so i've I've been a real estate investor since 1980 sold all my real estate at the top of the market which you, you can't really ever do that on purpose you just get lucky Right. And so I got lucky. And then uh, I left that. And then someone invited me to become a business analyst for a company that was founded in 1925 called George S. May Company Consulting Firm. Mm -hmm. It trained me to be able to go into companies that were 30 to 90 days out of bankruptcy and turn them around. And wow. so I, I, I did that for a while. Um, I didn't come home for the first seven months. Uh, they just kept sending me from city to city to city. And it was exhausting, but it was the best business training that I've ever had. Five million to $50 million companies. I didn't save them all, but it was the best training I've ever had. I can't, uh, so I can't. That's, that's the level that I, I like to help people get to. It doesn't matter where they start. It matters where they end up.
0: Yeah. So what do they focus on? Like, How do you get them there?
1: Just like with physics, there's principles, right? There's momentum and inertia and get gravity. There's principles in business as well. If you don't know them, you can't apply them. So we have a 3 prong approach. The first thing we do is teach success skills and strategies when it comes to business. Then we coach people on mastering those aspects, and then we help them get funding. Because just like with dating, if you don't groom yourself, you're not going to be attractive to the person you're trying to be with. And the same thing with investors, you're not going to be able to attract investors unless you've been groomed well. So that's what we specialize in, grooming people, whether they've got a great product and have no idea how to bring it to market, or whether they have some idea and they've had some relative degree of success, but they've bumped their head, they, you, know, you don't know what you don't know, right? So we help take them to the next level.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, you know, in terms of like bringing something to market, um, what are the elements involved that that you have a specialty on?
1: Well, there are, there are two kinds of entrepreneurs. A, a person I worked with a number of years ago, Michael Gerber, wrote a book called The E Myth. And uh, he says that about 95% of the people that go into business are not entrepreneurs. They're technicians. They, they make donuts, but then they open a donut shop. Yep. And, uh, and so uh, the, the, most of the people that start a business, they start a business because they have an idea, product or service or something. And then they go you know, looking for people that might need that. A real entrepreneur is someone who sees a need in the marketplace, a vacuum, and creates a solution for that. They may not actually drink coffee or, or, eat donuts, but they own a donut shop because there's a need for one or there's a market for one. And so, uh, the first thing we do with people is find out where are you at? Do you have an idea already? Or are you just looking to become financially free through entrepreneurship? Either way we can help.
0: Yeah. So what, um, you know, say for example, um, you know, you're, you're chatting with someone who, uh, you know, would be, you know, the typical listener to this program, doing well in business. Um, definitely have some goals. Uh, you know, maybe they wanted, they just cracked seven figures and now they really want to take it to, you know, five to 8 million. What questions would you ask on the front, you know, on the front to kind of do a needs assessment
1: of how you might be able to help? I really find that people know the answers. They just don't know the questions. And so if I ask them the right questions, they usually come up with the answers themselves, Mm -hmm. which is the difference between coaching and consulting. Consultants come in and tell you what to do. Coaches actually ask you questions. So the first question I ask is I'd say, Josh, let me ask you a question. You're at 5 million. You want to get to 50 million. What's in the way? That's going to tell me what that's you're going to tell me. Well, this or that that's going to tell us the obstacles that we need to get over. And then i'm going to say well then what's missing the likes of which would get you over that obstacle that's the missing resources there's ever only two things that get in the way of becoming successful there's either an obstacle or a missing resource and usually the missing resource is what gets you over the obstacle
0: do you ever have someone that answers that question and says i don't know don it's the darn market
1: <laughs> well then then when we do what then what we do is we find out what they've done for a net business uh, for market analysis right so What do you know about the market. What do you know about the, the desire for this product? What do you know about your competition? Is anybody else selling? No, there's nobody else in the world that's selling this product. Right? You might want mm-hmm. might want to consider that there's no market for it. That's the reason why. Right? Yeah. And people go, oh no, I got the market cornered because I'm the only one selling it. No, you're the only one that thinks there's somebody that wants it. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just start to do the do a market analysis. Is there a real need for this? If so, who's your Who's your avatar? Who's your ideal client prospect? And then how do you attract them? Where do they hang out? At the yacht club at the country club. You know what magazines do they do they buy? Maybe we find out how to reach all the people in that buy that particular magazine. The Entrepreneur magazine. If you run an ad in Entrepreneur magazine, you're not going to get people looking for cosmetics, right? Yeah, we're going to find people that are interested in entrepreneurship. Right. So we find out where they're hanging out, and then we design a way to be able to go fishing. Right? I would
0: imagine an issue that that we hear quite a bit is we just don't have enough we're we're not having enough conversations like we've tried some ad campaigns we're just not getting people to move forward and engage with us like we've tried doing webinars we've tried giving away white papers blah 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 you know like I know I've got some answers for that but what, what kind of what either what questions would you further ask on that or what advice would you give if that's the problem that you're hearing
1: Well, I suggest maybe what maybe what you've done is blindfolded yourself, put yourself in a dark room and spun around and tried to hit a target. If you don't know what your target is, you can't actually talk to them. So the first thing we do is we we help you figure out exactly who is it that when they saw your product at the the price point that you think it's supposed to be at Mm -hmm. would would go is anybody looking while well, I steal this from you, right? If they, if your client, if your prospect feels like they're getting such a huge deal and you feel like you're making a profit on this product so everybody's happy, then you've got something. But if you don't know who that person is that would love to have this at that price point, then you're just shooting shooting in the dark.
0: Do you, what, what happens when you're talking with somebody and they go, well, Don, I, I kind of feel like the questions you're asking, it's, it doesn't seem like rocket science. Can't we just ask ourselves these same questions? Uh, yeah. What's the advantage to, to partnering with you?
1: Yeah. So the, the, and I tell them that right up front, the problem isn't that you don't have the answers. The problem is you don't know the questions to ask. So my job is to ask you the right questions. So you go, oh, I know that. Fantastic. Now, to me, in all of my experience, I'm 62 years old. I, I have discovered that there's only three steps to success. The first thing I need to do is I need to figure out exactly what does it look like when I get there. That's what I call your vision. The second thing is I've got to put together a step-by-step plan, and then I've got to execute on the plan. So if I want to bake a cake, I've got inside red velvet, chocolate, vanilla, right? I go, ah, red velvet. Okay, now I know exactly what I want. Now I get a recipe. That's the plan. Then I execute on the recipe and I get a cake. Same thing for a building. I need a What kind of a building is it? Is it a a gambrel? Is it a ranch? What kind of house is it? Then I need a blueprint. Now I need to execute on that. I get a house. Business plan, same thing. What kind of business do I want? Business plan, execute. So it's actually not rocket science. It's very simple. But the more I talk to people about that and I've talked to... So another part of my career when I retired from from, uh, um, uh, being a consultant is i ended up uh, being asked to put together a two-day workshop on all my wealth building ideas and i worked with a marketing company and they put me in a different city 45 times a a year for seven years so i had all over north america i had 250,000 people go through my workshops so i i have a lot of people that i've asked this question to and i learned so much on the break so i give them a morning break and a lunch break and an afternoon break and i'd stay late on saturday night because i do this on saturdays and sundays And i would just sit on a bar stool like santa claus and people would stand in line and just come and ask me questions and i learned much more from them than they learned from me i'm pretty sure Uh, and what i learned was that most people don't realize it's only those three simple steps to success if they understand that then they can take those three steps and become successful and of course the one thing that you find is that you put together a plan and it's not quite the right plan you get a result, it's just not the result you want, so you yeah. just tweak and change your approach and change your approach it's what pilots do right someone flying from lax to and. Uh, to JFK they're off course 95% of the time i've done over a million miles of flying and so you talk to a lot of pilots, when you do that, but they don't put the plane down in Vegas they just. Change course, change course, change course, change course until they land exactly where they want to be. Right. So that's the whole—that's the whole system. So again, I don't profess that I'm doing anything that's rocket science. I'm not a rocket scientist, but uh, it, I, every goal that I've ever set in my life, I was—I didn't become a PhD until I was 58 years old.
0: I saw that. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So you have a PhD in psychology, and and how has how does a PhD in psychology help you in your
1: work? Well, I I never set out to get it because anybody's gonna pay me any more money. I set out to try to understand people, that's my field. And so I just wanted to find out, there's this little slice. When I talked to my academic advisor, he said, what do you want your PhD in? And I said, psychology, I wanna understand people. And he started laughing. (laughs) He said, apparently you don't understand that higher education is about learning more and more about less and less. So you wanna take a tiny little slice of that, exactly what part of that do you wanna learn and become the expert in the world about And we determined that it was something I I ended up calling resilience. I've had a lot of success in my life, but I've had many more failures. And I just keep getting up. And people have said to me, what makes you keep getting up? And and my answer is always, is there another option? (laughs) You know, I don't know another option except getting up and doing it and brushing yourself off and starting over. What is that? Because when I look around, that's a rare commodity. And so I wanted to understand resilience and that's why I was able to, that's why I, pers- I thought it was going to take me three years. It took me six, almost six years to get yeah. it, but, sure. I, but I persisted. It's right? an endeavor. I- You're a busy guy.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I can't yeah. imagine, uh, you know, again, you know, at my age, you know, and so I admire, I mean, that's, I have great admiration. It's like that training for a marathon, you know, whatever it is, right. It's just, it's going to take, I got right now, like I'm committed to an hour every single day at the gym. And it is not easy. And mainly, mainly from that day to day, super busy. It's late. I've been working all day and I still got to go to the gym. Yeah, (laughs) You know, it's it's that commitment to to be able to, you know, do that. But listen, you know, business owner, business owner, and and all our other business owners, you do what it takes. That's the way that it is. Yeah, We all know all about that.
1: (laughs) So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm part of a, a CEO club. We've got a hundred thousand members around the world in a hundred countries, Lisa Nichols. Uh, and if you don't know that name, just yeah. that down, everybody, Lisa Nichols wrote a book called whatever it takes. She was a mm-hmm. single mom uh, living in the projects um, when she decided something has to change and she did whatever it takes. Now she's a world-class speaker. She speaks all over the world. She makes oh, yeah. millions yeah. of dollars every year. Uh, and so it's, that's the answer, whatever it takes, just keep figuring out what's the obstacle you need to get over. What's the resource you need to, to do. And when you know those two things, the next question, what's next, what do I need to do next? So what's in the way, what's missing and what's next. Those are pretty much my go-to co- coaching questions.
0: Yeah. Uh, so in your time, I see some photos of you, uh, so you, you go to the gym as well.
1: Yeah, I, I um, I've had two practice marriages, but about nine years ago, I found the woman of my dreams. Yeah. and I spent seven years single because I thought I can do bad all by myself. But uh, I found the woman of my dreams. She was the wedding planner at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. Wow. And yeah, so we got married at Caesar's, and um, every day gets better, Josh. It's just amazing. But she'd been in the business in the hospitality business weddings for seventeen years, and she came home one day and she said, um, "So." I, I'm wondering what it might be like to go to work in sneakers instead of high heels. And I said, okay, I'll bite, what does that mean? She said, well, I've done 2,500 weddings and uh, every bride is unhappy with the way she looks and feels in her dress. She spends mm-hmm. thousands of dollars for pictures and doesn't show them to anybody. Mm-hmm. If I was a personal trainer for brides, then I could help them get ready for the wedding. And I I'm, love that. Right, well. Personal uh, trainer for brides. So Brilliant, I, brilliant. That's either the best idea I've ever heard or the worst idea, and I'm not sure we got to do a little research because if you're you're the only personal trainer for brides, there's no market for it, right? Like I said earlier, right? But we found three people in the country, so that's not really a lot. So I was a little suspect, but she was so passionate about it, she really wanted to do it and at the time of course this was nine years ago i was at a point where i hadn't launched lifeworks university yet and i was kind of sitting at home watching oprah kind of figuring out what i was going to do next yeah and so i said i'll be your study buddy so we we studied and both became certified personal trainers i don't do that for a living but i wanted to support her and i wanted to learn more about good health and i, I learned enough to cause me to say you know what our food our grocery budget was 800 dollars a month our going out to dinner budget here in Vegas was $2,500 a month. I believe it. I believe it. I had a, I I had a bit of a pot belly. And I said, you know, that's got to go. And so uh, she eventually uh, became certified. She eventually took on part-time clients. She eventually became the um, uh, personal training manager at a gym a mile and a half from our house, left the hospitality industry just before COVID happened. And, um, and today she's the general manager of that gym. So, wow. I can't escape it. I have to go to the, I get a free right. membership and it's a mile and a half from the house. So, I literally could walk if I wanted to, but uh, I'm there every morning at 6 30.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you learn so much about yourself, you know, in, you know, in these extracurricular, right. uh, you know, goals. Uh, and, and I, one thing that, that I've become convinced of too, and, and there's been seasons, you know, again, talking to business owners here where, you know, you just, especially this year, you know, I've been just been so focused on the business and you, you know, if you don't have something else in your life, um, you can do it for a while and then it starts to eat at you. I, I feel like everybody needs a good hobby. You know, everybody needs something that they're working on on the outside. That's a great stress reliever. It's a passion project, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, again, just my own experience with that. I know it and I think it, it really helps with burnout
1: resistance. And it's shocking how many people just don't have some kind of a hobby. I've been on two wheels, uh, motorized since yeah. I was nine years old. So I'm mm-hmm. a Harley guy for a long mm-hmm. time. And I, I, I tease people now. I say I have a collection of 350 motorcycles and I keep them all over the country. They're called Harley dealerships and they rent. So literally, I fly. recently I flew into uh, LA, I rented a Harley, drove through Japanga Canyon, turned right in Malibu onto the PCH Pacific Coast Highway, went up to Oxnard, spent a couple of days, came back, dropped it off, got back on a plane. I don't have to change the oil. If it breaks down, someone comes and gets me or brings me a new. I was in New Hampshire at Seacoast Harley Davidson. I rented a Harley right out of the crate 10 miles on the bike got an hour away from the dealership stopped to have a cup of coffee with a friend came out and it wouldn't start they brought mm-hmm. me a brand new bike oh, that doesn't gosh. happen when you own your own motorcycle so i yeah. literally can go anywhere we're going to do the cabot trail up in nova scotia we're going to just, just so many you've got to do something else you're so right because yeah. when you come back you're refreshed and rejuvenated and uh, by the end of the trip you kind of go can't wait to get back in front of the computer <laughs>
0: Don Coat, coachingcom uh, Someone who has really enjoyed what you've had to share, like where, where would you
1: lead them to? So uh, we've got a very simple website and that's on purpose. Uh, we're very selective in the people that we work with. I've got a team of people um, that interview people to make sure that we're a fit for them we don't want to take anybody's money if we don't if we know we can't help them so Mm -hmm. just go to aspectbusinesscoaching.com put your information in Um, my cmo will uh, reach out to you have a conversation if you are if you're somebody that we can serve we'll absolutely take you on as a client
0: fantastic don code thank you so much for joining us
1: thanks josh appreciate being here